Welcome to the Valley Beit Midrash podcast, a program of Valley Beit Midrash, a global center of learning and action. We're bringing you the best in diverse, pluralistic Jewish wisdom, all with the goal of improving lives in our global community. I'm Rabbi Shmuley Yanklowitz. Let's get started. Shalom, shalom. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this first in five-part series. We're so glad you can join us for this and um, for as much of this as you can join as possible. If you miss one, let us know. We'll send you the recording. Um, but we're so glad you're here for this um, exciting program with really a great scholar. Dr. Etan Fishbane is professor of Jewish thought at the, Jew at the Jewish Theological Seminary, JTS, where he's taught for 17 years. At 2015 and 2016, JTS Chancellor's Fellow, Fishbane has served on the JTS Faculty Executive Committee as BA and MA Advisor in Jewish Thought and on the Rabbinical School Council. He's a former Division Chair for Jewish Mysticism at the Association for Jewish Studies, AJS, current Chair of the Oxford Interfaith Forum on Mysticism, and Book Review Editor for Jewish Mysticism at Marginalia Review of Books. He's the recipient of grants from the Memorial Foundation Nation for Jewish Culture and the National Endowment for the Humanities, NEH, as well as the Charles A. Riskop Fellowship from the American Council of Learned Societies, ACLS. Among Professor Fishbane's uh, published books are The Art of Mystical Narrative, A Poetics of the Zohar, published by Oxford University Press in 2018, As Light Before Dawn, The Inner World of a Medieval Kabbalist, published by Stanford University Press 2009, and most recently, Embers of Pilgrimage, Panui Poetry Series in 2021. He's currently at work on several book projects, among them Shabbat and Hasidic Thought, Sacred Time and Mystical Consciousness, Self and Identity in 16th Century Kabbalah, um, our topic today, and, uh, and the Zohar as Mystical Poetry. In addition to these academic projects, Fishman is working on a spiritual theological commentary on the Torah cycle and the Jewish holidays, tentatively entitled, Written on the Heart, Meditations and Readings, and he's completing his second volume of original poetry entitled Soul Fragments. Fishman received his PhD and BA summa cum laude from Brandeis University, and you can visit him at www.etonfishpain.com, and we'll put that in the in the chat here as well. Um, we've had Professor Eitan Fishpain here at VBM in the past, and we're thrilled to have him back again. He's just a delightful teacher, profound scholar, and a real mensch. So self and mystical identity in 16th century Kabbalah. Eitan, welcome. Thank you so much, Rav Shmuley. Um, and um, I'm, I'm really honored to uh, to uh, to teach uh, for for VBM for for Valley Bimi Josh and and really admire all of the amazing work that um, that you and your colleagues do um, in 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 all in all the different ways. So, Shikoch um, to you and your and your team and and I'm and I'm really um, it's a, it's really special to study with all of you, um, especially in this. Uh, very difficult uh, uh, time that that um, that we're that we're living through, and um, uh, and and so I hope I hope some of our some of our study can 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 raise raise up some of some of our spirits, some and some of our spark, some of the some of the fallen sparks, um, and uh, and be and be dedicated to um, uh, to our yearning for shalom. So, so this is so this is a special um, uh, spe special for me to teach this particular uh, series, also because uh, this is uh, related, as Rav Shmuley mentioned, um, 
very much to uh, a book project that has been percolating um, somewhere inside me for uh, for many years, and uh, and uh, has has come out in the form of a few a few different essays uh, 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 that have already been published. Some that are forthcoming. Some that are that have still have still to go from um, uh, Atzilut to uh, all the way to Asiya and the four worlds uh, evolution. But but it's ultimately. Um, ultimately going to um to uh to be a, a fuller length uh, a longer book project that'll come out in some number of years so so it's a, it's a great pleasure to think through some of these uh, ideas with you and hopefully um and hopefully uh some of the texts and ideas will um will be uh, of spiritual and uh, moral meaning and personal meaning to you in your in your study in your Jewish study um so the um the the topic for our first session really is kind of the the grounding question um you might say the the grounding thesis of what will be that book um and and it revolves around the question of what is personhood what is selfhood what is the essence of a person according to kabbalistic thought uh, mystical thought, and particularly the Kabbalists of 16th century Tzvat. Uh, so just just a word about 16th century uh, Tzvat, um, uh, since it's such a um, was 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 such an important uh, place of Renaissance and 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 rebirth and and creativity in the history of Jewish spirituality and civilization, and is the is the is the grounding for the text that we're going to be studying. Um, really, in the in the wake of in the wake of the expulsion of the Jews from uh, Spain and then Portugal in 1492 and 1496, um, there were uh, there there were many Jews who who found refuge in the Ottoman Empire among other places, um, and a good many of them. Uh, eventually made their way to the land of Israel, which was then under the Ottoman uh, Empire control. Um, and a center of um, a center of mysticism and of Kabbalah, which, and Kabbalah really stretching back all the way in its literary form, all the way to uh, late 12th century Provence and flourishing in, in 13th and 14th century Spain. And there's uh, there's tons tons more to talk about uh, there. Uh, but in the, really in the decades following the expulsion of the Jews from the Iberian Peninsula, uh, there, there developed this community of either um, either direct refugees or, in many cases, descendants of those refugees. Uh, for example, uh, Rabbi Yosef Caro, who is who 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 will who who will play one of the starring roles in the book, um, uh, which uh, which which has yet to be optioned for its movie rights. All right, so we'll we'll see how that how that goes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, the the uh, he's he's of 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 great halachic fame, of course, um, the author of the Shulchan Aruch and 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 more and even more elaborately the Beit Yosef, major halachic works, major Jewish legal works uh, that still have an influence today. And he was four years old when um, uh, at the expulsion uh, from Spain. Um, 
and uh, and he's he's one of he's one of the figures that we're going to come back to, especially when we talk about mystical autobiography a little bit later in the series, which is which which is another uh, important um, piece of the uh, piece of the puzzle. But uh, but really, in the in the mid fifteen hundreds in the sixteenth century, um, there developed this amazing group of um, of mystics, of poets, of um, philosophers, of of halachists, of Talmudists, um, of of uh, of ethicists and moralists, and oftentimes, oftentimes these uh, these different uh, characterizations very much uh, overlapped, uh, and and it was a, a flourishing uh, community in that respect, right? It's it's of it's it's in. It's in 16th century Tzvat that uh, Yedid Nefesh was born and uh, was written, and that Lechadodi was was written among many other famous things. That that the Kabbalat Shabbat service, as we know it, was invented in 16th century Kabbalah. That Tikkun Leil Shavuot was um, was invented as a ritual in 16th in in, in, in this time and place. That the Tu Bishvat Seder. Uh, and and on and on. So so there was an enormous impact on on a whole variety of levels in the history of Jewish ritual and thought. Most famously, um, in the 16th century, in this context, what was the influence of the Ari Isaac Luria, um, who had a had a huge uh, formative impact on Kabbalah then and afterwards. And we're going to be looking at. Some passages by Chaim Vital, who was the, one of the main disciples and perhaps the main scribe of uh, Rabbi Isaac Luria, who taught most of his uh, teachings um, uh, orally and, and 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 wrote very uh, wrote very little. Uh, but there, but there also uh, there also were other uh, many other major figures who who we will um, who we will touch uh, touch on in the course of the. Um, of the of the series, including, as I mentioned, Rabbi Yosef Karo, who not only wrote great halachic works, but also uh, spent his um, his midnights being uh, possessed by, um, um, uh, in a in a very positive sense, uh, as he would have it, uh, by the uh, by the angel of the Mishnah, perhaps even the Shekhinah herself. Uh, they, it's speculated in his and as he records in his mystical diary, Magid Mesharim, which will which we'll talk about in, su- in some subsequent sessions, including the figure uh, Rabbi Moshe Cordovero, the Ramak, uh, who was really the Thomas Aquinas, you might say, of, of 16th century Kabbalah, who wrote massive systematic works on abstract metaphysical ideas in Kabbalah, but also wrote an amazing short and direct um a mystical ethical manual called Tomer Devora, the the palm tree of Deborah, which had an enormous impact on the formation of Jewish ethics and Musar, um, and um, uh, and and other figures like uh, Elazar Azikri and um, and Shl- uh, who was the who was the author of Yedid Nefesh and Shlomo Alkabetz, who was the author of the Chadodi, and then um, and, and and a whole range a whole range of other things. Uh, so uh, so um, so Bekitzur, as they say, or in, in short, uh, 16th century Tzfat was 
this um, amazing period in the history of Jewish spirituality and mysticism and in the history of Jewish civilization in terms of creativity. Solomon Schechter, um, Solomon Schechter, a uh, uh, blessed memory, wrote a, a very important essay about, about this group and this time and place um, uh, more than a hundred years ago, and there, there's been a, a lot more that's been that's been written about it as well. But what I wanted to talk about uh, today, and this this will relate to our uh, to our specific text that we're going to look at, is is the very question of how did uh, mystics of this period, specifically um, specifically in the tradition of Luria, specifically Chaim Vital, um, both in his um, both in one of his works, Sha'are Kedusha, Gates of Holiness, which was a kind of both a mystical theological work and also a moralistic work and pietistic work, um, and also in his and also in his work Shah um, Hagil Bulim, uh, the Gate of Reincarnations, which is a very very important text, which we will um, which will which we will also touch on in uh, in our in our text and in our further discussion. Um, it, it's it's perhaps less known that uh, Judaism. Uh, and particularly in the form of Kabbalah, had uh, had a major place, a major, not only a major soft spot, but it was understood to be very, very central. Um, the the question of soul reincarnation, right? This was this was not just something from the from the far east, as is sometimes um, assumed, uh, but was but it's something that that is found in a whole variety of different cultures, ranging from um, Amerindian culture. Uh, in uh, in North America to ancient Greece uh, to uh, to India and um, and and elsewhere in the Far East to Kabbalah um, and and so on. Uh, but at the at the core or at the foundation of this uh, this interest, this um, core core focus on the idea of reincarnation and what it means also for uh, the human beings struggle with uh, life and death with the, with the question of what is what are the borders of, of mortality and and finitude and infinitude right we can we can see reverberations of of the of jungian archetypes of the universal if we can say that all human beings at at uh, one level or another struggle with the question of um, what are the boundaries of my life and my loved one's life? Um, and is the soul eternal, right? An, an idea that um, that has a long history in uh, the history of religion uh, broadly, in Judaism in particular, um, and is retained today, I think, in certainly in the folk imagination and in the liturgy, the idea of an eternal uh, soul that endures. Um beyond the physical beyond the physical body because for the but for the capitalists as for other believers in reincarnation that soul of many different parts uh stops at many different takes many different uh, um stops along the way along the great arc of human time in different physical incarnations different physical bodies particularly to do different mitzvot uh, which can only be done in an embodied state um, for the sake of both the tikkun, the repair of the soul, and the larger tikkun of 
divinity and of the cosmos. So the idea of tikkun and tikkun olam, um, right, which which has come to mean something a little bit different in modern uh, uh, social justice language, really does uh, derive in at least in in certain important respects uh, from uh, the centrality of the term tikkun and and the and the notion that the human being is charged with the kind of repair of various broken elements of divinity but i want i want us to to zero in on um on uh, on what i think is the, the the core conception of the kabbalists of this period um and regarding the nature of the of the essence of self as to say if the human being if uh, that that the that the human being ultimately the self really is the soul is the inward part of what we understand to be the person and the body is but a cloak that is finite and that passes away um of course that's 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 hardly um uh, our own experience uh, of the matter, right? We we experience the world very much as embodied human beings, and and I think that the larger question of where embodiment plays into Kabbalah itself um, is also uh, quite uh, quite significant and 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 important. Um, but I think at root, the Kabbalists believed that the essence of the self was was the soul. And that the soul, as we're going to see, is essentially um, an offshoot of, born of, the very substance, if you will, metaphysical substance of divinity. That is to say, uh, that that's precisely the reason why the soul is eternal, is because it is born of the eternal, born of eternal divinity, um, and where the line is between divinity. And humanity itself, uh, you could, you could, you could, uh, you could certainly raise that that question. And even in one of the texts that we're going to look at, it says, and that's why human beings are called um, uh, b'nai Elohim, right? The sons of sons of God, right? Which which sound which might sound Christological uh, at first blush, but really is a reflection of the idea that for the Kabbalists. Ultimately, everything is one, and that oneness is God. Right? Everything is God, and everything everything is the oneness of God, all interconnected. It just manifests in all different kinds of different ways. And this is this is something that we see in a number of different religious traditions, um, as as well. So this is an, it's another another way to under to understand what we're going to see. Um, uh, shortly, but first, uh, one of my favorite, uh, very, very direct statements about this, and this is, um, this is in the in the first page. This is in the first page of the uh, of the of the of the PDF packet, uh, drawn from, um, in in this case, drawn from uh, Vital's Shar Hagil Gulim, the Gate of Reincarnations, but also appears in. Um, in Share uh, Kedusha, um, and this is in this is in my translation. And this this uh, this this particular text I published, or this portions of this text I published, also 
in um, uh, in an article uh, in the Journal of Religious Ethics um, uh, a number of years ago, and um, um, which we will be able to send you the the reference of it if it's not already in the in the chat for you. An essay called "A Chariot for the Shechina." It says. Indeed, know that the person himself, or the person themselves, Ha'adam Atzmo, is the spirituality that is within the body. Hu haruchaniyut asher betoch haguf is the garment of the person. Haguf hu levush ha'adam and it is not the person himself or themselves. The enenu ha'adam atzmo. Guf enenu ha'adam atzmo. And and it it says that also further. I'll just I'll just also I'll just also read the, the other the other section, which is from from Shari Kedusha, which is very similar. Um, a little bit further down on that page, uh, it's again in my translation. It is known to masters of knowledge that the body of a person is not the person himself, the person themselves. Guf ha'adam einenu ha'adam atzmo. Guf ha'adam einenu ha'adam atzmo. The body of the person is not really the person. Really very bold statement. And is the foundation, I think, for the, for, for the, for the larger for the larger doctrine. It follows from this that a person is the interiority or the inwardness. Ha'adam hu ha'pnimiyut. Ha'adam hu ha'pnimiyut. Person is the interiority, is the inwardness, while the body is but one garment that the intellective soul is garbed within. The intellective soul Nefesh uh, HaSichlit is a term that's 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 really borrowed from Jewish philosophers who were paraphrasing um, uh, Plato and Aristotle about the rational soul versus the appetitive soul. But really, what's meant here has has more to do with just the 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 exalted nature of the soul um, that is garbed within the body um and 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 she the intellective soul having having to do this this the nefesh hasichlit is the person themselves nefesh hasichlit asher hi ha'adam atzmo uh, um, uh, blending together uh, uh, various elements of um of gender characterization in in Hebrew here, right? That the that the soul is is the essence of the person, is the person themselves, and that they are garbed in a physical self while they are in this world, while he is in this world, and after death, this garment will be stripped away from him. And he will be garbed in a pure, clean, spiritual garment, which is which is a which is also a reference to the Chaluka de Rabbanan, the kind of the, the garment, the garment, the kind of uh, garment of light that a person, according to the tradition, is garbed in. 
their soul is garbed in to protect them in their in all of their fragility from uh, after after the body has has died. Uh, so while so while the person is in this world, the nefesh will be garbed in the body, and after the death of this body, this garment will be stripped away from the person, because the person is the soul. And and that person, i.e., that soul, will then be garbed in a pure, clean, spiritual, metaphysical garment. Right. So the so the so the core fundamental uh, statement by by Vital both here both um, in the first passage from the beginning of Shara Gilgulim, the gate of reincarnations, and here in Shari Kedusha, the gates of reincar the gate of gates of holiness. Is specifically creating a kind of um, very, very, um, very strong assertive polarity or juxtaposition between um, the uh, the soul, the the interior soul, the inwardness that defines the nature of the self and the and the person, and the finite body that holds it for a time. Um, that's, of course, not necessarily much comfort, um, given given that we are, that we know one another um, often very, um, know, know, know those who we love and those, and those, and, and those whom we care about and those, and those whom we know and ourselves through our embodied selves. But there is also, but it also aligns in a fundamental way with the uh, with the concept that um, so and so's soul is um, is bound up in the bond of life, or so and so's soul um, has uh, the their neshama has an aliyah, as, as it is said traditionally, their soul may their soul have a have an ascension, or that. That, that perhaps more colloquially so-and-so's soul is looking down upon uh this moment right so there, there is there is there is a kind of strong i think um there is a very strong essential belief in this sense of um of an enduring eternal um soul that transcends the finitude of of the physical uh, of the physical body um uh and and but just but just to uh just to just to underscore nevertheless uh nevertheless uh the the soul still has to descend into these physical bodies um and it's it's generally not seen in in uh, quite as negative a way as you find in some in some in, let's say in plato's um phaedrus where the soul is pleading not to be sent down into the prison of the bo of the body and all of the in all of the um, uh, the uh, filth and muck as it says in in, the, in that context of physicality and wants to stay in the heavenly realm above. That's not to say that this that these sources don't have a uh, somewhat negative view of physicality, but uh, but physicality is understood to also be this this instrumental and this key doorway into the spiritual essence that is our inwardness, that is our soul, 
that endures beyond this physical lifetime and that must travel, according to this Kabbalistic doctrine, through many, many different physical bodies in order to repair the different parts of its soul that are all part of this grand ancestry of soul, which all goes back to Adam HaRishon, to first Adam in Eden. And according to the Lurianic mythology, at first, right, even after the even after the dramatic creation mythology of the light of the light of infinity, the light of Ain Sof, filling these uh, vessels, these kalim, and then them shattering and sending down the shards of of that of that uh, of those containers with their with their sparks of light into the future, into the realms of of uh, the mundane below. There also was a shattering of the first human self, which according to the Lurianic mythology of Adam HaRishon, first Adam was a gargantuan androgynous body of light. A gargantuan androgynous body of light, right? Bigger than we could ever, bigger than we could imagine. And when Adam sinned, um, and and this is part of this is part of actually a use of of a strong original sin mythology in Luriana Kabbalah. Lest lest you thought there there weren't even more correlations to to things you thought were 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 specific only to Christianity. Um, and part of this also may be related to some elements in which in which the legacy of converso identity had upon. Um, upon Luriana Kabbalah, as Shaul Magid has argued in his book from Metaphysics to Midrash, so that's that's certainly important to keep in the back in the back of our minds. But in terms of the the leg the archaeology of the soul, if you will, um, and the soul as eternal light, which ultimately originates in the monistic totality, the complete oneness of the. Or Ein Sof, the light of infinity that began it all and that really is the all, right? Even when it made space, even when it did it seemed sum, a withdrawal to make an empty space for the creation of the world. So when Adam sinned, that gargantuan body of light shattered like shattered glass and fragmented sparks and pieces of light down into the darkness of the mundane below, if you will. Um, and and each of those fragments of light of the original body of Adam are became the soul roots, the soul roots for the for each each tree formation or or each 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 all the branches and branches of branches, right? Uh, uncountable in number, roots and branches for all of the soul families, if you will that result in that reincarnation process and so so the process of reincarnation of souls is actually when we when we when we come back to it can actually ultimately all be absorbed back into the original body of adam right which has actually a very fascinating i think ethical spiritual import right that's to say that all of our souls with all of their with all of their different fragments of light, different parts of soul, higher and lower, which are all different elements of greater and lesser refinement of that light, are all part of that one humanity, 
are all part of that one original human, which also as a body of light was all part of the original light of God, right? So basically it's all part of a one original Adam who is also part of all a one original unified oneness of God. So our eternal souls are part, even, that, even as they have different component parts, they are part of this one body of Adam, one body of, of the human, which is actually really all part of the one body of light that is divinity. We are all part of God, right? All of the abstrusities and complexities and intricacies of Luriana Kabbalah, which drive people a little bit crazy, are actually, you could say, and I think Tzvi Shalom made this argument very interestingly in an important book called Sleep, Death, and Rebirth on Lurianic Mystical Practices, um, uh, that, that ultimately Lurianic Kabbalistic theology is monistic. That is to say, it is all, it is all one. Um, and it and and we see this also in um, we see this statement also uh, return to the to the next page, um, uh, in, uh, which fir- which first comes from in the first part from from Shari Kedusha where it says the essence of a person is that they include all of the worlds mahut haadam who kalul kolalamot kulan right we include we include it we include it all we include all of these elements um of of reality um and 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 i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna work through a few a few a a few more of these passages and then we'll have some time for for some for some discussion i think i think was that was the was the was was also the 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 um um was the uh was the was the method that was suggested to me so uh so so just to just to kind of um get a sense of the of our of our arc in all in their generality and their particularity and in all ways the essence of a person is that they include all the worlds we have all of the worlds meaning all of the dimensions of reality of the cosmos of divinity itself inside of us inside of our souls we are all part of it right and that, and then and then and then let's go down to this next text which i think is just Fantastic, uh, and this, this, by the way, this, this, this is um, this piece, uh, and I, th- and I think it's, I think it's also in, in the chat, um, if I'm not mistaken. But this is, this is, um, this, this part, which is from, uh, from the still in word processing, is coming out in a book on reincarnation, um, in Kabbalah more broadly, and this is a, it's from an essay of mine. This is also my translation. All of these. Um, and this is referring to the relationship between these energies of the Sfirot, that is to say, parts of divinity that are that uh, that flow through the transcendent realms of divinity, and then ultimately into the human being. All these become a chariot for the light that is drawn forth from the lights of the ten Sfirot that are within the world of Asiyah which is one 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 uh one of the stages of becoming we're not going to fully get into the four worlds at, at this exact moment but basically the idea that from the ten spheroth which are the ten dimensions of god they all they 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 flow they flow downwards and um and they become and they're contained within the four 
um, the four foundational elements in order to give them life. And they are within everything. They are within everything. So God is within everything. And so too is it the way of, in terms of what is com- contained within the person, right? We too, just as God in the, as, as tense, as the tense here of the 10 emanations, the 10 rivers of divine energy, which are all one, the 10 that are one, the Kabbalists would never tire of reminding us. These, these fill all of the world and all of the universe in all of its seeming fragmentation and separation. It's all one interconnected reality, which has, I think, very interesting correlations to contemporary understandings of the universe with, uh, and, and of matter and, 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 and so forth. And, and, and uh, uh, in my, in my, uh, right in terms of my limited understanding of it, um, the light of the quarry of souls is inward and higher than the light of the quarry of angels. So, there, so, there, so there's a light of human souls that's even higher than that of the angels. And for it is through that light of the quarry of souls that their light and life force is drawn forth from the tense we wrote into them. And the greatness of the soul is further clarified insofar as there's a light that is born and drawn from the light of the tense we wrote themselves. This is and this is this is very striking. Or mityaled, and this is the language of birth, mityaled venimshach, and is drawn forth. From the light of the ten spheres themselves. So, human souls are quite literally, or in their terminology, spiritually born, metaphysically, of divinity. So, therefore, they are like, right, like the flesh of the baby that is born of the human parent. So, too. The soul is born of the spiritual flesh, if you will, uh, of divinity, and not through an intermediary, right, directly. For For this reason, they are called children of the Lord your God. They are called literally children of God. Um, and 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 he means this. It seems almost hyper literally, right? That they are, the souls are 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 literally the eternal spiritual offspring of the very stuff of divinity, and that's why they're eternal. And so then, we ourselves, if our souls are so, if our souls are. Um, the essence of our humanness. And if the soul is essentially inseparable from divinity, then we are part of God, right? We are we are but manifestations of God. And this is the secret, right? And, and they are like a son or, right? They are son or like a child who grasps hold of his father and is drawn forth from him. Or um, I think more, powerfully and viscerally um, like the baby that is born of the mother right born of the born of the flesh of 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 the parents right 
Um, and what does that mean? And this is the secret of the fathers of the chariot, which is this very enigmatic statement found in Breshit Rabbah, old, an old, an old uh, ancient rabbinic midrash. It says that the fathers, meaning the patriarchs, are the chariot. And chariot has to do with a certain element of ancient Jewish mysticism, but really it's referring to the upper metaphysical dimensions of divinity. So it means that the human, right, that there's, that there's a kind of hen hen, they are, right? So there is, there is kind of a direct connection and separability, almost identity between, right, as in the sense of equivalence, or at least in terms of how it's flow, it flows forth between that upper dimension of divinity and um, and the dimensions and the dimensions below, right? This is the secret of you who cleave or connect to God. Tem hadvekim ba right? Which might be familiar to you. Tem hadvekim kulchem hayom. It's found in the in the Torah service liturgically. Tem hadvekim a complete conjoining of the light of the ten spherot, that is to say, the light of these dimensions of God. And this is not the case with all other creatures. It's an, it's, a, it's an interesting statement because we do find I do find elsewhere the notion that actually God is in everything, right? So what so what is he really talking about? He seems seems to be saying that there's something some different way in which the human being, um, the human being manifests. Um, and um, so, maybe, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's a good place for us to to pause, um, so we can have some discussion. Uh, and we'll and we'll um, I think probably next time it'll be good to come back to to the rest of the texts in in this particular packet also, so we can so we can look at uh, at at how we are all rooted in Torah too. It's 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 it's, it's very gewalt. It's very it's very uh, very um, um, amazing. I think. Um, um, all right, so so I so I don't know I don't know the protocol, Rav Shmuley. Should I should I just should I just uh, call call on folks? I, I see I see that uh, that Beth, if I if I may if I may call you Beth, had had your hand raised first. Uh, yeah, sure. You you can feel free to call on people, and I can also help you uh, moderate the okay. Q and A and keep an eye on Wonderful. The things like Wonderful. that. Wonderful. That's great. That's great. I, I that's I, I I I would I would love for you to do that, Alex. Thank okay, you. great. Um, hi, Beth. We can start with you. Hi. Um, I have two questions. So from what you presented here, it looks as though um, Vital believes that all of our souls are derived from some original gargantuan soul that belonged to Adam HaRishon. And that Adam's sin led to the fracturing and scattering in the creation of all of our other souls. And I guess my question is, if Adam HaRishon was some macro entity of light of some kind, how did Adam HaRishon go about sinning? I mean, we know from what we're told in Breshit, you know, we know the story of Ghani Don and the eating and all that. But it seems like he's positing something that both intersects with that story, with a physical man committing a sin, but then he's also got this light individual. 
And then my corollary question to that, if the idea of reincarnation is to go back and keep repairing all these defects that resulted from Adam HaRishon, is, is the ultimate goal then to, in effect, reassemble Adam HaRishon? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, um, th thank you for those questions. I, 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 so, 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 so first, um, the, um, the, the attempt to kind of reimagine the, the Edenic sin, if you will, right, or the original sin of, of, of Adam and Eden, um, is, is placed within, within this kind of different mythology of, of what, of what was it to be in the garden of eden in this prior to the prior to the very notion of death right because we because we because because the 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 destiny of finitude emerges after eden even in the older sources right um and um and so 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 somehow this 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 um edenic human figure that was still not human in the way that we know it um sinned in that in that in that primordial moment and in that shattering of the gargantuan body of light it's um adam harishon shrinks down to first to first to like um um still very tall uh or still very still giant uh like figure and then to a normal human size right it's sort of like the it's almost like the genesis no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, uh, of 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 the, of the human being, um, and um, and the other the other piece of this is that um, so so it's both the, ori the original chet adam the original sin of 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 first Adam, but it also then um, evolves throughout the history of of humanity where where there's a kind of constant um ebb and flow of of um of um a breaking and repairing or of sinning and mitzvah and so forth like in, in that way right so so in other words um uh oftentimes what would happen at least uh, uh, according to the according to the reports of the disciples is the disciples of luria of isaac luria the ari would come before him and he was like a clairvoyant physician of the soul right? that's and that's the title actually of of my colleague uh, lawrence fine's book which is a wonderful um uh, uh, book in english about luriana kabbalah and different different elements that i strongly recommend it's 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 um it's it's quite comprehensible um was uh and, and they would come before him and he would be able to see the shapes of illuminated letters on their forehead and read their palms palmistry and so forth um uh, and and all kinds of other clairvoyant techniques and he'd be able to say ah okay well well um uh, your 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 soul ancestor about uh 30 30 generations ago did this particular sin so you need to do the following mitzvot in order to achieve a kind of partial repair of the soul. So there, were, so, so 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 there, so there was a kind of whole um, community of soul healing, psychic healing, if you will, mm. around 
around that, around, around, around Luria and around other clairvoyants as well. Uh, but but yes, it's it, it would it would be the case, right, that that the repair of the individual soul is ultimately aimed at a final restorative redemption and reintegration of the whole thing, and that would be the ultimate redemption of everything. Um, but um, but we're still waiting, I guess. Thank you, um, Barbara. I thought I might have seen your hand go up. Is that right? You did, and then I began to second guess myself, but I'm going to trust if the timing is wrong, I'll be told so. I just wonder if there's any application to what we're seeing in Israel. Is there any way to talk this way, just the way we were introduced um, today to what's going on in Israel. So I think I think I think that 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 that, that would be that would we, we could we could do an we could do an ex- extensive reflection on that. And I'm sure, and I imagine uh, Rav Shmuley also would have some thoughts on this too. But I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just say a few things off the top of my head at the very least. Right, um, that the process of soul repair um, is um, is itself a is a is a process of teshuva, a process of a process of ethical repair, as much as it is the performance of ritual mitzvot, um, and so all of the work that we can do as individuals, as a community, as um, as fellow human beings, um, to um, to to lift up the sparks, to restore to restore ele- elements of of the larger tikkun of the world through our repair of our actions and the work that we can do on ourselves, um, then hopefully that would um, contribute in some small way um, uh, to uh, to the larger tikkun uh, that is so deeply needed in the world right now. Uh, of course, there's much, much, much more to say, but but I'll just I'll just say that. thank you. Hi, David. Hi. Um... I I I wonder, Eitan, uh, if you have heard of a brief interpretation of the contraction of God and um, and the you know and then Luria with the you know the breaking of the vessels and then this idea of um, that our true soul is inward and we are just actually garments covering the soul you talked about uh i've got a i have i guess come up with a an interpretation that is slightly different it's it's almost consistent uh, but i'd like to just take a minute or two uh and talk about it and ask you if you think it resonates or ask any others on this if you think this interpretation resonates and i get this interpretation from two sources. The first is Gershom Sholem's book, Major Trends in Jewish Mysticism. And in that book, on pages 214 and 215, he talks about um, the, it, it, that if, if, if the universe can be looked at as a tree, the Ein Sof is the sap of the tree. In other words, the Ein Sof is the essence, and then it manifests itself into all the differences in the world, the leaves and the branches and everything. 
in fact, it, it, it kind of transmutes, you know, the, the light transmutes. Okay, th so keep that in mind. Now, my second source that drove me to this in, uh, a little bit of a, a different interpretation, which I'm going to summarize in the end, is from Eideen uh, Steinsaltz's um, 13 petaled Rose. Okay, and on page 37 of that, he says, and I'm just going to read a paragraph. Creation is an emanation from the divine light. Its secret is not the coming into existence of something new, but the transmutation of the divine reality into something defined and limited, into a world. Well, right there, you've got the sap transmuting itself you know, in, in, into the material world. This transmutation involves a process or a mystery of contraction, okay? Now, my view of this is that the, it's, it's an, that you could say, yes, the, the Ein Sof is contracting because the leaf, the branch, the flower, the fruit are subsets, they're aspects of God, of the Ein Sof, of the sap, they're not the full thing, but each thing, its essence, each manifestation is the sap. And then he says, God hides himself, putting aside his essential infiniteness and withholding his endless light to the extent necessary in order that the world may exist. So God withholds God's infinite light so a leaf can exist. The sap, the ains of transmutes itself, and a subset of, of God's greatness becomes a leaf, and this, and that, and the other thing. And so this so, can, so, so, yeah. so the whole thing with the breaking shards and everything, I never did understand that, and I still don't really relate to that. But through these analogies and this discussion, it's the transmutation of the essence of everything uh, that goes, that, you know, that creates the world. The transmutation and the contraction, in other words, holding back some of the infiniteness of God so that we all have different subsets of that infiniteness. Well, of course, a subset of infinity is still infinity, but you can still use the word contraction. Okay. Um, I, 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 I think I think I think those are those are those are wonderful um, articulations, wonderful source, wonderful wonderful thought. Thank you. I. I I think I think it's I think it's I think it's definitely um, true in terms of uh, as a characterization of of uh, of of Kabbalah. And I'm sure I'm sure uh, Sholem and Steinsaltz would be would be relieved that I agree with them. Um, but but the 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 the, I, the idea I think is absolutely true that um, that for for the for the Kabbalists for the mystics. The Ein Sof characterized, or the infinity characterized, or the endlessness characterized as the light of infinity flows through everything. Um, one one metaphor being that of of the tree with with its uh, that's 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 in in Sefer Habahir, which is which is one of the earliest of the medieval Kabbalistic works. Um, we, we see the image of the inverted tree with its roots in the highest transcendent heavens, and it and it flows downwards into our world. Um, and further, I would also say that even when we talk about simtsum or the withdrawal of 
the light of Ain Sof to 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 leave what what the what the Lurianic uh, Kabbalists call a halal panui an, an empty space. <clears throat> it's not ever really an empty space because they say that it's still a reshimu or a kind of trace or film of inf- of the infinite holiness, uh, like the o- like the oil that clings to the inside of the pot, right? Or like the um, uh, like the like the uh, right like the oil that's inside of the um, of the um, of the bottle before uh, after one is 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 done with it or, or in, and so forth right that that it still contains that divine presence um that contains that divine presence and uh that that it fills it as its essence right so so i think it's i think it's it's less about um i mean it certainly is a, a it certainly is a contraction, let's say, or withdrawal of the of the complete totality of everything in order to allow for manifestation to occur, but that still those elements are filled with that life essence, that sap, that that blood flowing through the veins, the breath flowing through the body, the water flowing through, et cetera, et cetera. That these are um different ways of talking about the the nourishing essential energy of divine infinity throughout all of reality um, as we perceive it uh, in our limited finitude. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for the question. Thank you so much. Um, so unfortunately, that, that is pretty much all the time that we have for today. But luckily, we will be able to all get together again at the same time next week and continue the conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Professor Fishbane, for your uh, presentation. Take care. Wonderful. Pleasure studying with all of you. Look forward to next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Valley Bait Midrash podcast. Remember that you can join our email list at valleybaitmidrash.org to stay up to date on new programs, learning opportunities, and more ways to stay connected. If you enjoyed learning with us today, support our work by making a donation at valleybatemadrash.org slash donate. Join us next time as we continue to work together to build a better world. Thanks for listening.